You're listening to the Department of Defense This Week, a weekly podcast with some of the top stories from around the DOD. Marine Corps General John Allen, commander of NATO's International Security Assistance Force in Afghanistan, visited Washington, D.C. this week to testify before the Senate Armed Service Committee about progress in Afghanistan. The Pentagon Channel brings us the story. The commander of NATO ISAF forces in Afghanistan says Afghanistan's security forces will reach their full surge strength level ahead of scheduled deadline of October. Thursday, General John Allen testified before the Senate Armed Services Committee about what this means for U.S. service members. The expansion and the professionalization of the Afghan security forces allows us to recover the remaining 23,000 U.S. surge troops by this fall enables us to continue to pressure the Taliban to reconcile and makes possible security transition to Afghans in accordance with our Lisbon summit commitments and on time. Security conditions remain very good in areas that have transitioned thus far, from Kabul in the east to Herat in the west, from Mazar-i-Sharif in the north to Lashkargah in the south, and later this year, Afghan security forces are expected to assume the security lead for two-thirds or possibly more of the Afghan population. But while General Allen says progress is on track and al-Qaeda has been weakened, he says the insurgents' annual springtime offensive is still a cause for concern. But none of us harbor illusions. We know that we face long-term challenges as well. We know that Al-Qaeda and other extremist networks, the same networks that kill Afghan and coalition troops every day, still operate with impunity across the border in Pakistan. We know that the Taliban remains a resilient and determined enemy, and that many of them will try to regain their lost ground this spring through assassination, intimidation, high-profile attacks, and the emplacement of IEDs. Also testifying before the Senate was acting Defense Undersecretary and Principal Undersecretary for Policy James Miller, who looked ahead to the role U.S. service members will be moving into. At some point in 2013, the ANSF will be in the lead for providing security across Afghanistan. U.S. and coalition forces will be in a support role, which will take a number of forms. This includes U.S. and coalition forces partnered with Afghan units, as is already occurring in a number of places today. And it will also include, for example, the smaller footprint associated with U.S. and coalition forces in a train, advise, and assist role. For more information about General Allen's testimony or any other defense leaders visiting Congress, visit defense.gov. Some changes are coming to the Navy. The aircraft carrier USS Enterprise has embarked on its last mission and sailors will now be tested for spice in addition to other drugs. Here's more from All Hands Update. This is All Hands Radio News. I'm Petty Officer Jeremy Johnson. Underway, shift colors. USS Enterprise, the Navy's first nuclear-powered aircraft carrier, departed Norfolk Naval Station March 11th on her 22nd and final deployment. Enterprise is slated to deploy to the U.S. Navy's 5th and 6th Fleet areas of operation as part of an ongoing rotation of U.S. forces supporting maritime security operations in international waters around the globe. From the Cuban Missile Crisis to operations enduring freedom and Iraqi freedom, Enterprise has played many roles through her 51-year history. She was also one of the first ships deployed following the terrorist attacks of September 11, 2001. 
Enterprise is scheduled for deactivation and eventual decommissioning following her anticipated return later this year. A change is coming to the Navy's urinalysis program. Starting May 1st, the Navy will begin testing more for commonly abused prescription drugs. This follows a record low in sailors testing positive for illicit drug use during fiscal year 2011. Only 1,515 out of more than 1 million samples screened positive for illicit drug use. The change comes following a similar announcement by DOD February 1st. Current testing screens for marijuana, cocaine, and heroin, among other drugs. The additional testing will cover several classes of prescription drugs, including benzodiazepines, hydrocodones, and hydromorphones. Examples of these drugs include Xanax and Vicodin. Service-level testing begins May 1st. Members who are prescribed these medications should use the 90-day warning period to ensure their medical records are up-to-date with proper documentation. Service members using prescription drugs not prescribed or given to them by their health care provider can use this time to self-refer for treatment. That's all Hands Radio News. For more information, go to Navy.mil, Navy.mil slash underway, and Navy.mil slash M. Brain Injury Awareness Month is helping the DOD highlight the effect TBI can have on service members. The Pentagon played host to roundtables bringing top defense officials and doctors together to discuss TBI and treatment. Here's more from the Pentagon Channel's Staff Sergeant Dion Moses. The DOD is aggressively battling TBI within the armed services and among veterans. I recently sat down with top leaders in the field to discuss a variety of topics concerning TBI. One of the DOD's top priorities is to establish early detection service members. There are certain policies that have been instituted of late in theater <clears throat> that mandates an early evaluation when somebody is involved in what's considered a potentially concussive event. So one of the um, highlights of the last year and a half has been that as opposed to somebody raising their hand in theater and saying, I think I've had a concussion, I might need to be checked out, but rather they go into treat, they go into a medical evaluation just by nature of the fact that they've been involved in a blast incident or a vehicular crash um, rollover. Pentagon leaders say the best weapon the DOD has in its arsenal is education. Much of that is mandatory and then it's actually a continuum to keep up that information on if I suffer a TBI, exactly what Ms. Helmick was saying, uh, making sure that that service member knows what to do if they've had a TBI or, or if their battle buddy has had a TBI. Also part of that mandatory training is what line leaders need to do. And then most pivotal for a clinician is what do I do as a clinician, whatever flavor I am. The National Intrepid Center of Excellence, or NICO, was specifically designed with service members in mind. The DOD has made it the premier place to not only heal invisible wounds of war, but treat co-conditions as well. It's a combination of conventional neuro uh, and psychiatric evaluation and neuropsychological uh, assessments that then immediately bridge to the treatment that then we create as a treatment plan within the first week or so that the individuals are with us. So it's intended to springboard them forward, if you will, in the, in the care that they're needing. It's very individualized. It's intended to also elevate the level of interdisciplinary exchange amongst the healthcare providers because they're all in the same building. With centers located in major regions across the United States, the VA is dedicated to caring for prior service members and their families. They've started this initiative with screening more than half a million people in state-of-the-art facilities at no charge. What we do is encourage people to access VA. 
when they come in for their first primary appointment, care appointment, they're screened for a number of different illnesses, injuries, concerns, wellness issues. And what we try to do is identify at that point, were you exposed to events that placed you at risk for a traumatic brain injury? And if so, did you have symptoms that look like you might have had one? And following that, do you still have symptoms that are troubling you? Two things that are stigma for VA. One is that folks think of the Veterans Affairs Administration as your old person's administration or the guys that have been around forever, your grandpa's VA, and it's not your grandpa's VA anymore. And I think the more that we get the National Guard and Reserve to come back and do their post-deployment assessments with us, they start to see that. The other thing they start to see is that it's not bad to raise your hand, that now that there are services there in your community that you can access, it's just like going to any other hospital, you're not going to be there for the rest of your life. DOD officials say more than 80% of TBIs do not occur in a combat zone. They occur stateside. The important part is prevention. We must always kind of emphasize prevention and that this can happen to any one of us. So we must always be wearing our helmet, you know, following all the rules. <coughs> wearing our seatbelts. Wearing our seatbelts, yes, so to prevent it from happening in the first place. And that's a huge uh, military initiative too, how to better protect our service members uh, and veterans. TBI research and care has come a long way, and they're continuing to evolve, leading the way in caring for Americans with TBI. Reporting from the Pentagon, I'm Staff Sergeant Dion Moses. For more information, visit the Brain Injury Awareness Month news special on defense.gov or visit dodlive.mil. March is Women's History Month. This week, we remember the service of all of the women who joined the Navy's Women Accepted for Volunteer Emergency Services program, or WAVES. My name is Helen Sadowski. Uh, I'm a retired Chief Yeoman. I served from 1952 to 1971. Elizabeth D. Robinson, Yeoman, Second Class Petty Officer. Corrine Robinson, Hospital Third Class. I joined in 1963. Uh, Vietnam had started. I was uh, destined to be a yeoman. The men before I joined the service, to go back to your question, nobody, none of them wanted me to join the service. They said, oh no, don't do that. Good girls don't do that. They're all rough. And I listened to them. Even my brother-in-law, who was in combat over in Europe, sent a letter to his wife and said, don't let her join the service. It's the worst thing she can do. Uh, it's, it's not for her. And in spite of all these, I said, this is open to women. I wanted to be in the Navy. I was going to be in the Navy. You know, like I said, when we were in, it was all clerical. In 63, you would be administrative or hospital corps. Oh, guess what? We can't find a job for you right now. We're going to send you to yeoman school. The women weren't aside the ships to Years later, no. We just didn't have that many choices, and the Navy didn't give us that many choices. We were quite restricted back then, where it's so open now with the Navy women, and I'm so proud of them. They have permission to get married. If we got married, we were kicked out <laughs> immediately. The next day, they got rid of us right away. And if anybody had uh, gotten uh, pregnant, they were out immediately, too. It, it was so different then. 
we, we weren't allowed to get married. And if you were a chief or even got that far, you were always single. You didn't get married. This was your career. Way back then, we had to live in the barracks. Nobody lived ashore. And if you, got, if you got married, you had to get out. If you got pregnant, you had to get out. Well, back in 55, that's when I was discharged from the Navy. And that was serving two years. And back then, when you got married and pregnant, you had to get out. So that was the unhappy time for me because I really, really enjoyed the service. I would have stayed in it if I could possibly have done that, if they would have let me. It's almost unbelievable that women have come up so quickly. I am in awe of the young women today. They can do anything. As long as they're physically and mentally suited for the job, they can do anything. It's so open now with the Navy women, and I, I'm so proud of them. I was at some event in Pensacola after I retired, and I saw this young female third-class bosun's maid. The first one I've ever seen, and I went up to her and I shook her hand. <laughs> I mean, it, it, was, it was awesome. A female bosun's mate. <laughs> I think it's wonderful. I'm so glad it happened. And we tell these women this when we see them in uniform and the uh, wonderful things, wonderful places that are open for them to, to be a commander, to be on ships. We weren't even allowed on ships when we were in the service. So I think the, the Navy has opened up for the women and to tell you the truth, I'm jealous of it. I wish I could go back. <laughs> to see women going up through the ranks of E8-9 and even going to warrant officer and on to commissioned officer, it's, it's fantastic. Back in our day, I didn't see that many. Chiefs even. Uh, E8 came in later uh, while I was still in, but uh, I wasn't eligible at the time. Um, so today it's, it's that the sky's the limit for the young women today. We were, we were just limited what we could do. Uh, when I was in, we didn't have any admirals, women admirals, and very few upper level officers. And they, the phrase that you come a long way, baby, it says it all, it's the truth. Well, my time in the service was wonderful. I was so proud to wear the uniform of the United States Navy. Uh, and to be able to serve my country. Do you know right after the war, uh, we really didn't receive much recognition. After the war, not, not until later on did we receive that. In fact, I, had, I went to college out in Indiana University and a couple of the people made fun of me because I had been in the service. And now the whole thing has changed. People are proud that we were in the service, and we're certainly proud of it. And it was wonderful, never regretted it a minute. It seemed like a good thing at the time, and still does. But uh, it, to me, it was the best thing I ever did, was join the Navy and see the world. <laughs> so if you were to ask me, would I join the Navy again? 
and see the world, my answer would be yes, yes, yes. You've been listening to news brought to you by the Department of Defense. For links to these stories and much more, visit dodlive.mil or defense.gov.